Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. 50 is nifty. 50 years Edmonton owned and operated. Now up to 14 locations in the Edmonton and surrounding area. For many locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Louis Dobrosk. He's been everywhere, man, over the last six weeks. He joins us on Oilers Now. Hello, Louis. How you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Stop and Tom Connors did a song about that, didn't he? Yeah, Simon Everywhere, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If, if Brendan can uh, get on the ball here, and he is often on the ball, we'll get him to look up Tom and, uh, Stop and Tom. I've been everywhere. He uh, gave it a, a nice Canadian yes. twist to it, though, which was good. And I think I've been in several of those locations myself throughout Canada yeah. over the years. Uh, so have I. I think that now does he got Kappa's Casey in there? For some reason, I thought Kappa's Casey. He made. does. Yep. Yes. I believe he does. Yes. In the song. Hey, Lou. Correctly. Lou. Zidano Chara. <laughs> Handwriting yeah. responses to questions because he's going to give it a go with a broken jaw. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. I actually, to be honest, was surprised that he was sitting on the bench and didn't just say "screw it" and jump over the boards in game number four, but. You know, obviously under the guidance of the doctors and people that were there, they suggested that that was the best thing for him to do. And it was it was game four, and they had a 2-1 series lead. So I can tell you if that was game seven, I really believe that uh, big number 33 would have jumped over the boards for the third period. I just, I just don't think I know he would have. I just know that that's in his heart, and that's the way he thinks. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he's skating around this morning and is a possibility for the game. Um, again, it's a tied series. It's a three-game series with home ice advantage. This isn't a do-or-die game. Do you throw them in there for this one and potentially lose them for the next two or the next one? Who knows? But uh, I think he's going to do what he feels is the the right thing for his team to do, and we'll see what happens at game time. But you know, this guy's a tough individual, not only mentally but physically. Um, you don't play 23 seasons as a six-foot-nine physical defenseman unless you're an absolute beast and a specimen. That's exactly what Zidane Char is. And 
Um, you know, I think my son called him something from uh, Thanos. Thanos from yeah. Endgame. <laughs> Thanos, yeah. So he's you know, made so, he's made an yeah. Endgame reference and a Game of Thrones reference in the same playoff series. Yeah, you know what? Uh, well, it's true. You know, the Game of Thrones one for sure. I mean, no question. If anybody knows anything about Game of Thrones, I'm not really giving any spoilers away here, which it's over now. But people that are going to catch up and watch it don't get to like somebody early in the series because he might not be there the next episode right. or she. Like, they, people were dropping like flies. And at the start of the playoffs this year, that's exactly what it was. You know, teams that you expected to get through <laughs> in the first round. Louis DeBras drawing you know, an so. analogy between Game of Thrones <laughs> and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, it was. It was. It was just like, it was incredible. The, uh, the carnage that happened early in the playoffs uh, in the NHL, and it continues to happen throughout them. I mean, it's been a great playoff series and run for everybody, and I think it's been uh, a battle to get there, and you can tell it's starting to take its toll on both teams. It's it's a grind. You and I were talking about it before, about how much of a grind this is. And, you know, I've gotten to experience this now from a father's perspective, and I watch it on a day-to-day basis, and it's just unbelievable to me. Um what these guys have to go through, what they have to go yeah. through for over two months of extra hockey. Uh, it's its almost seven weeks ago that the regular season ended. So the teams that didn't make the playoffs have had two months off and are already starting their training for next year, already have yes. a month ago, starting their training for next year. These guys are still grinding away, trying to win the ultimate prize. There's just a ton of respect there for me. I've just I've, to see it firsthand. I just uh, I take my hat off even more to these players because it's a grind every day, Louis, mentally and physically. Louie, I brought this up the other day with someone, and I because I saw speaking of Game of Thrones, I saw uh, the story about Kit Harrington checking himself into a clinic, uh, and some belief is from the with the, the withdrawal, the completion of the show, right? Uh, of uh, a Game of Thrones here. And I'm like, I mean, you go from being, in his case, a complete, like nobody knew who he was, to becoming internationally sure. the yeah. biggest TV star maybe in the world. TV star, albeit, you know, cable star. But, you know, 20 million people watch that thing live. And, and I, I, so I got to ask you this as a player, Probably fame, too. You know, you talk about the pressures of the show being over, but I think also the pressures of now being one of the most famous faces on the planet. Right. I think would be overwhelming. Right. And and so here's where I'm going to go with this. Uh, As a player... When, because I know as a broadcaster, I like when the Oilers lost Anaheim in 2017, and I thought that series was there for Edmonton to take. Like it, you know, that given what hadn't been accomplished, like let's put it this way, Louis, you were part of some some teams that went through tough times at Edmonton. I'm sure with those teams, you just wanted the season over when you were out of it, when you were officially. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm but, not afraid to say that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, conversely, conversely, in like 97 when you were part of that group and you guys, you probably didn't want the playoffs to end, did you? You wanted to oh. keep the thing. And did you go through a, a withdrawal because maybe you guys thought you could have gone further at that time? I didn't. You know what? I did. We lost in the first round when I was with the Phoenix Coyotes, and I thought we had a great team then. I looked at that team, and I said, you know, this team right here is built for a long playoff run. And that, that stung probably more um, because I just that for me, I just knew, like, at that time I was in the league for there you go eight, eight nine years. And I just knew that 
you know, you don't get many opportunities at this. This just doesn't come around every day. And I just, I just looked at the guys like Kachuk and Roenick and, you know, Teplin Newman and, um, you know, Happy Bullen was just really starting to be the, the, the goaltender that we knew that won the Stanley Cup in Tampa Bay not many years after. And, you know, like, so guys, Shane Doan had, you know, had just kind of broke through in that playoffs and went on to score 10, 20 goal seasons after that. He, you could tell the light just went on for him. And there was, there was just a lot of really good pieces to that team that I just looked at and said, we've got toughness, we've got grit, we've got some stars. It's just, it's a great mix of guys. And um, you have to have that, you know, there's no question, but we went up against a tough St. Louis team at that time with McGinnis and Pronger on the back end. I mean, those two guys logged 30 minutes a night and it was, right. you know, they were a good team. They were a great team. Can't, can't give, take anything away from them. Grant Fuhr shut the door in game seven. And you know what? So for me, yeah, you, you, there is a, there is certainly a hangover after that because you're like that was maybe the only chance i'm ever going to get and as it turns out it was for to go a long extended run in the playoffs so um sometimes when you're young you don't think about those things i know in edmonton it took us a few years to get back into the playoffs that was the first drought of no playoffs in edmonton at that time so for us to get back in there we were just so excited to finally be able to give the fans some playoff hockey and i remember coming out in that first game and just being overwhelmed with how crazy it was you know, at the Coliseum at that time. And you know what? Um, it's just a whole different animal. But once you get in there, you, you never want it to stop. Right. You don't. I mean, as painful as it is, and, and I, I mean, and listen, you talk to guys that have won it and, and gone on long runs multiple times in their career, it ain't all roses. It's a grind. But it's so worth it, you know, for that end result that, they all say they would do it again in a heartbeat and wouldn't change a thing. That's the pain and the suffering that goes along with it. So, so, so there's more pain and su- like put it this way, there's more pain and suffering when you think you have something good and you don't achieve it than the actual physical pain and suffering that takes place. Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, there's no question. There's always favorites, right? There's always favorites. You know, I guarantee you that stung the, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, especially this year. Yes. I look back at that team; that had to really sting for them. I mean, and it was a little extra venom in that one because they went in there riding on such a high and such a confidence that I don't, I don't know about you, but I was picking them as cup favorites. I was. I looked at them and said, you know what? If I had to pick a team just by how they played in the regular season, this team walking into the playoffs has the best chance to win the cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you know what? Their record showed that in the regular season, but then they ran into a really hot team that just didn't give them any respect and ran over them. And it blindsided them. And I think that those guys, even though it's over two months for them now, or right around two months for them because they played the first round very quickly in the belief seven days, um, you know what? That stings. I'll bet you it still stings right now. When they're in the gym training and they're working out, I guarantee you that Kucherov is saying to himself, that sucked. You know, that's brutal. And they'll have that on their mind going into next year. I think it'll make them stronger next year because they have that type of a team and they're very deep and I do believe they're going to come back and just be a little bit more hardened and tougher to play against but uh, but I guarantee you that one stings more than anybody probably in the league. We're joined by Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stauffer with you in Oilers now. All right, Louis. so uh, Boston St. Louis one of the guys that's been interested and the game has changed because when you played there was still some, not a lot, but there were still scraps in the playoffs and stuff. And 
Um, we've had a couple lopsided games. We've had a 7-2 Boston win. Uh, I guess the game the other night, you know, Boston had a puncher's chance late. But the the Blias kids, he's run around a bit. And there has and, and maybe this is a tough question to ask the father, who is an enforcer of yeah, a skill. I'm not biased at all. You're not biased at all <laughs> on Sammy Blias. But is it possible that he might be getting a comeuppance at some point during next season? Could that be happening? Yeah, you know what? Uh, he, he might have to answer a few bells or a few challenges next year with the way that he's played, but that makes him what he is too, right? And I... You know, I've said the same thing. I said, you know, I really think that this, uh, you know, the rivalries that are built in the playoffs carry over into the regular season. They do. Like, it doesn't matter. Okay, somebody's winning and somebody's losing. Somebody's happy, somebody's not. But there's always a little bit more discipline in the playoffs. There always is. There's always that blanket of discipline where you just don't want to do something that's really going to hurt your team if you can help it. But in the regular season early on, those first couple matchups, I guarantee there's going to be some scores that are settled. And that's how rivalries develop and become great. That's, how, that's, what, that's what makes them. But, yeah, you know what? There's some guys that are running around. I do believe the game has changed. I think that, uh, you know, 15 years ago, there would have already been some guys that have dealt with certain guys on both teams. I think there's there's guys that would just have been handled. But that's not the game today. And, you know, you and I have talked about this. Those are the types of players now that have become your middleweights. You know, they're not heavyweights. They're still the middleweights, but they're really, really valuable and important because they have the speed and tenacity. They're quicker, but they can still deliver physical punishing hits. And that, those are the guys right now that, for me, you got you got to really worry about. I mean, Ryan Rees is a heavyweight. He's still a heavyweight fighter, but I also believe he's a heavyweight hitter. You know, he gets the steam going, and if he catches you, well, you're not ready for him. He's he's gonna he's gonna make you feel it with a big hit. So he's still that heavyweight side. But I do believe that the Sammy Blazes of the of the league, you know, Nolachari in Boston is another one. I and mean, he hits you. You feel it. All right. Uh, speaking of one of the greatest stories of I'll get you back. I don't know if you ever remember this, but uh, the Edmonton Oilers, Matt Green, was playing for North Dakota. And Denver had a forward by the name of Jeff Pokovich, who was an Oilers second-round pick in 04. And Green was a second-round pick, I think, in 02 or 03. Anyhow, Pokovich was playing for Denver. This, they were playing in, like, the 04-05, so this would have been the, like, March of 05 Nationals. He hit and injured a defenseman by the name of Robbie Bina, okay? And he drilled him from behind into the boards, and there was concern that he broke Bina's neck. And... Matt Green, of course, you couldn't get at him, right, because the refs jumped in and everything, and you got to keep playing. And Matt Green told him, the next time I see you, I'm going to kick the living blank out of you, okay? So Bina was able to come back from his injury, I don't know, eight to nine months later, ended up returning to uh, North Dakota, eventually actually got into some uh, games in the Oilers minor league system. Matt Green went to the NHL the next year in 05-06, and Pakovich wrapped up his Denver career in 06-07, Louis. And in 2007, remember those preseason skates you guys used to do over at Claire Drake Arena? Yeah. So Jeff, Matt Green's on the ice. Jeff Pokovich was changing in the other room. He comes on the ice. He goes to stretch. And I'm watching this thing. And he whispers, like he goes down and looks down at Pokovich who's stretching and then gives him a little stick tap. And, then, and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? 
and then they proceeded to skate off of the corner and fight. <laughs> two years score. Two, settled, settled the, the score. And it it didn't go very well for Jeff Bokovich, and I love Matt Greener since <laughs> when I but found you know out what? the good story. On, there you go. Him, good on him for showing up, though, right? Oh, yeah. Bokovich took the you know, fight. There's a lot of uh, respect to be had just for that. Just for, you know what? I mean, Matt Green's no little dude. Yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> he probably knew it was coming and he uh, took his medicine, and I got to give him credit for that. But you, you know what? Those, those things carry over. Yeah. They really do. You yeah. know what? There's no question. There's, uh, it's hard not for them to carry over because it's so emotional and so, so physical of a game that at times retribution isn't isn't available at that time because you just can't do things that you can do at different times. But you remember it, you pack it away. I remember Tony Twist, the legendary tough guy, you know, who scared everybody, you know, was uh, because he was just so big and strong and, you know. And wild. He had, he had and one thing on his mind and one thing only, and that was I'm going to try and put my fist through to the back of your head when I hit you, like right. Joey Kosher. Yeah. But um, Frank LaRue. he said, you know, he said we have memories like elephants. Tough guys have memories like elephants. Who was the longest one? Who was the longest guy you carried? Uh, you know, you had a uh, since you since you referenced Game of Thrones, the longest guy you had a hound like, uh, you know, <laughs> Sandor yeah. Klingey. You know what? Out of all the ways they finished things up, I liked that one. That you know, was like, the best. Some, that was the some best things one. That I didn't like, and there were some things that I did like, but I certainly liked that one. Yes, the Klingey. Uh, yeah, yeah. He knew once he went up those stairs that. They weren't both coming back down. It was done. But, yeah. Um, that's, boy, that's a long, deep-seated hatred. Um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I can't remember one that long, to be honest. Um, I had one. Um, um, who was it? Um, Daniels. Um, Scott Daniels? Scott Daniels, really tough dude. and he With the Flyers he, for a while, it, right? It, it was only for a year, though. It was like the start of the year and later in the year. I was waiting for him in Tampa Bay, and he uh, he got me at late at the end of a shift. He, and I knew I was out there for a while. I was out on the ice for quite a while. I got stuck out there, hemmed in the defensive zone, and he came out fresh, and he came after me. And I kind of looked at him like, you know, like, seriously? And he just kind of, he still wanted to go. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I fought him, and, you know, I was strong enough to tie up, and I could but I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that he he took advantage of me at that time. And uh, we had to go in Tampa Bay. That was that was pretty good. You know, I went right after him. You know, I didn't kill him in the fire thing, but I just wanted to go out and say, hey, you know what? This is kind of what I'm. This is the real me. And um, I challenged him right out of the gates. I remember Jacques Demare afterwards saying, you know what? Got under your skin. What, what? Why were you so mad at him? And I said, don't you remember like the last game? in Jersey when he came after me after I was out there for a minute and a half. And he's like, I don't. <laughs> I said, well, we do remember that stuff. So All right. I just wanted to pay it back the price. Let's do some quick hitters, Louis. So series is tied 2-2. Boston wins the series if they do what? Oh, geez. Good question. Score more than St. Louis? Is that way too simple? Uh, no. It's no. um, a pretty dumb you know question what? I asked. <laughs> you know, um, no, listen, they got to play their game. They both, both teams, when they play their game and are able to exploit the opposition in playing their game, have won the games. I mean, both teams, I believe, have won the games they deserve to win. When I watch this series, St. Louis deserved to win two and four, and Boston deserved to win one and three. They were the better team in one and three, and St. Louis was the better team in two and four. So whatever team can go out there 
and play their game better will win the series. So for Boston, they have to spend some more time in the offensive zone. They have to forecheck harder. They have to possess the puck more. And on the flip side, I would say the same thing about the St. Louis Blues. They have to continue to forecheck hard. They have to continue to possess pucks in the offensive zone and get more chances. And they're very similar in that regard. It's whatever team can play their game better. All right, Louis, you saw a lot of the Edmonton Oilers this year. I'm going to ask you two quick hitters with the Oilers. And the first one's on Yessa Pugliarvi. Again, there were some reports out yesterday which ended up being false. Uh, Pugliarvi's in town. He's rehabbing. But that said, mm. there's also, if you read between the uh, tapestry of what's out there, uh, certainly the agent's got some feelings uh, for the situation in Edmonton. If you were advising Ken Holland, what would you do? Uh, and, and you know that the agent clearly hasn't necessarily been happy with what's gone on here before. Even though you're under new management, if you were advising Ken Holland, what would you do with Yasa Pugliarvi? Well, that's a good question. I, I think I do think, though, that it is different. Different manager, different coaches. Do you not have to give it a shot now that he's had surgeries and comes in 100% healthy? I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. I'm like, okay, let's see how this plays out first. Um, because I don't, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I don't think you can deteriorate his asset anymore. In other words, Honestly, his value's at an all-time low. Yeah, his value right now, what is his value? I don't think his value is very high at all. So why not try and build up that value if you can? In the process, see what you have as a player, because he really doesn't know, under a new coach, under some new guidance, but see what happens. Now, he's had a couple already. I mean, he's kind of been... You know, up and down, and we'll see where it goes with Pulley Arby. But um, got to give the kid a chance because he still is a kid. He still is a kid. So I'm, I'm of the opinion that you give him a shot to see what happens, try and build the stock up a little bit higher. And if he starts panning out, you give him some power play time, he starts scoring some goals and gets him to a rhythm, then you let him play. If not, then you make that decision once that time comes around. He's still working to get himself back in the game shape right now. I just don't see any team giving you too much for yes to play your RV, So, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You might as well manage that asset and see what you can get out of them, and maybe it works out. I've seen crazier things in this game. Um, my inkling is that it's not going to work out, but you know what? I hope he <laughs> proves me mega wrong. I do. I hope he yeah. proves me totally wrong. I hope he comes in and just knocks it out of the park. I really do. I'm going to give you um, a number, Lou. I like to see those stories. I like to see those where kids come in, and you know what? They suffer some adversity. It doesn't work out. Next thing you know, they kind of find, figure it out mentally, physically, and they come in and they start to become the player that everybody expected them to be. I don't necessarily see that happening, but hey, I really hope it does. 
Yasa Pugliarvi, his first 21 games upon his recall during the 2017-18 season, nine goals and 12 points in 21 games. Since then, he's played 90 games as an Oiler. He has seven. Yeah. Go- he has seven goals. So listen, it's confidence, and I know everyone hates hearing that word, but it is so much confidence. This game is entirely built around it. If your mind's not in the right place, it doesn't matter how physically strong you are. It doesn't doesn't right. matter one iota. He was in a bad place mentally. He was lost mentally. He needs to dial it back in that way, and that's going to be on him as well, too. That'll be the onus will be on Yessa to come in and make sure that he's doing the right things to put his absolute best foot forward when he's 100% healthy. But from an organizational look at this, you and I have talked about this in the past. They've got to give him an opportunity, too. And they've got to give him a good opportunity. If they truly want this player to succeed, and if that's the case, then we'll see what happens when they do. He may grab that by the the reins and run with it, or he might fail. Regardless, though, you have to give him that opportunity, I think, and and then go from there. Then see what happens, right? Because let's face it: is there is there that many prospects coming up for Edmonton right now that you're looking at saying they're going to absolutely crush Yesapoyarvi? Nope. Exactly. So. He's still very young. He's a huge frame. Obviously, the hip problems that he had, it had to to hinder him. I will say this. Last year in training camp, I know we're going a little longer. Last year in training camp, he came in. He was excited. He was in good shape. He had lost a ton of weight. He'd gone into the offseason, and he'd gotten leaner and faster. And he blew by a couple guys early in the preseason and in the regular season where I was like, I did not know that he had that step. He absolutely destroyed a couple defensemen running around him. And I thought to myself, if a guy six foot four can skate like that on a regular basis, he's going to be very dangerous. And we saw none of that in the second half, and obviously. Now we didn't see any of it, but obviously he was suffering from injuries, some injuries. So injuries you have to take that into consideration. Listen, you know how I feel about yes, I I put a lot on players as well too. What are you doing to change the minds of sure. everybody else around? So you you've got to take some onus on yourself to be better. And make sure you're coming in with the right attitude. And then you also need the opportunity to. You also need the opportunity to show what you have. Louie, we went from uh, Essos to Westeros in this conversation. (laughs) We were everywhere, man. This one's for you. Just listen, listen. Thanks, Louie. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.